Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, unless maybe you're a Cowboy fan. It is time to skip the BS, time for Undisputed, time to talk Owlboys, as in, ow. That was the all-time most painful loss in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. So, two days have passed without Jerry Jones doing or saying a thing. Mike McCarthy is still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Jim Harbaugh just had his second interview, this one with the Falcons, who, of course, have already interviewed Bill Belichick, who surely is interviewing with other teams as we speak. I will bet you that Pete Carroll is talking to, I don't know, one or more of the seven teams right now with coaching vacancies, and it's certainly possible the Eagles could soon be in the market for a new head coach. Mike Vrabel is still available. Dan Quinn, any of the hot coordinators, Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson. The betting odds now have Belichick as the prohibitive favorite to be the next Dallas Cowboy coach, followed by Vrabel and Slowick. So naturally, Jerry was asked after Sunday evening's all-time Cowboy collapse if he was concerned the top coaching candidates, starting with Belichick, might take other jobs while Jerry is deciding whether or not to keep Mike McCarthy. So here's how Jerry responded to that question. That's no issue at all. The fact that coaches have interviewed or not interviewed. I'm not being tried, but there's what, 30-something coaches on 32 teams? So there's a 1,000 coaches out there. And that's just the ones in the league, not the 10,000 that are out of the league. So there are a lot of coaches, said Jerry Jones. It sounds like to me that Jerry is saying even Bill Belichick's are a dime a dozen. So good morning to Richard Sherman. Good morning to Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn, I'll kick it off with you. What what does Jerry's response tell you about the state of my Dallas Cowboys? I really don't. Yeah, of course there's a thousand coaches that's out. I don't know. I don't even know what that 10, means. 10,000. 10,000 yeah. coaches out there. Okay. But you're not trying to go after 10,000 coaches. What you're trying to do is make a decision on who, if at all, you're going to replace Mike McCarthy with. And based on what's been a 48-hour, yeah. a little bit over 48 over. hours or yeah. something like that, look, I'm not panicking or concerned about it just because – they're not moving at the pace that we in the media feel like he should be moving at. Really, nobody's hired anybody. Only people's fired people. That's really, that's really it. 
Um, but you, I, you know those dominoes are about to start falling. Yes. And that, when that, they fall, they will fall, 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 that, fall. That is, that is yeah. correct. Once one goes, another yeah. goes, another yeah. goes, another goes. But that's not going to happen probably to the weekend and then after the weekend, after the divisional games, before you start to see dominoes really fall because this is the first time after this weekend that they can interview people in person. Now, look, let's not act as though there's not airplane hangers and, you know, little ways of talking and communicating yeah. and doing certain things. You're to talking get about meeting secretly with candidates and air, airplane absolute, hangers. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. There, there is ways of communicating and going around the rules if you already – a guy like Bill Belichick, there, he's been in the league long enough. He's had many conversations with Jerry Jones over the years about many different things. True. I am 199.9% sure of that. Mm. And, and so they have some sort of rapport at some point, whether it's at the combine, whether it's via trades, talks about players, or whatever the case may be. Do you whether- think they've had a phone conversation in the last 48 hours? Just a touch base take your temperature sort of phone conversation? Um, Bill to Bill to Jerry or Jerry to somebody in Bill's circle. Okay, either way. That's, I would that's say, fair. I would say Jerry to somebody in Bill's circle. Okay. Mike McCarthy's circle, Harbaugh circle, uh, Pete Carroll's circle. He, he's had a conversation somewhere along the lines. Even if they bumped into each other, walking through the stadium somewhere. It happens. That's part of it. So I wouldn't start worrying about whether Belichick is all of a sudden going to decide to go somewhere else or a coach is going to decide to go somewhere else because it takes two to tangle. Let's let's not just think because Jerry may need a new head coach that Bill wants to do that or John wants or Jim wants to do that or or Pete wants to. They may not want a coach for the Cowboys. They may say, you know what? Nah, we want to do this. It's just better for my health. It's just better for us. So. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it at all. It, 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 Jerry's just Jerry talking. He's not going to give you anything right now in this situation. He already put the pressure on Mike McCarthy prior to the playoffs by saying game for game. He's going to take game by game to make a decision. That was already enough pressure. So now all of a sudden, if I'm out publicly flirting with you, Skip, guess what? Mm. Richard, my, my head coach is going to feel a certain way. Mm. So you can't do it. Mm. And he has to get permission for some coaches that's not available yep. to be able to even talk to him. Okay, go, Richard. I think this has been the problem with the Cowboys for a long time. Agreed. Arrogance. Ignorant arrogance. It's, hey, we have all the answers. We're the top of the food chain. We do things our own way, and it works for us. It doesn't. You haven't won anything in three decades. So, I think this ignorant arrogance that that Jerry Jones moves with uh, is unbecoming. And and it, frankly, doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for this team. It doesn't work for this organization. He was the same way at the trade trade deadline. He's the same way every time. Oh, my phone doesn't ring, and then we we don't check out anybody. We don't call anybody. Well, you get put out in the first round or the second round every single season. Everybody else moves with a sense of urgency, a sense of, 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 understanding, hey, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to try to get smarter. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to see what's out there. going to make phone calls. In terms of this, I think all this says is Mike McCarthy is probably going to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. I think this is Jerry Jones saying, 
I took my time. I'm not making a rash decision. I've molded over. There's only been one other coach to win more games than my current coach in the last three years, and that's Andy Reid, who has two Super Bowls um, in the last couple years. And so do I really want to fire this guy and reset when I just told my team I don't have, I don't feel like I have much longer on this earth left? So do I want to watch another coaching staff adjust to my players and adjust the system and, and tinker and tweak to the point where they can get my offense to be maybe number one in the league? <clears throat> if they t- can tinker with my defense, maybe get me a top five defense. You have all those things. So pushing the reset button only extends the timeline that it will take your team to get to another Super Bowl or potentially get deep into a playoff run because rarely does a coach come in and immediately take his team to a Super Bowl and win it. I- I'm sure it's happened in the history of the game, but it's rare. So Jerry say, saying this, I mean, it doesn't mean a ton. I, I don't think McCarthy was on the top of a lot of people's list when Jerry hired him. I, I, I thought that was kind of <clears throat> not out of left field, but definitely not anything anyone predicted to happen. Um, and at the same time, I, I, I think Jerry is going to have to make a decision to either say, hey, we're sticking with McCarthy and we're going forward, or – you, you, if you don't get rid of him soon, people are not only filling their staffs, but these guys might already have handshake deals in hand. Sure. <clears throat> All right. Keyshawn, you want to add something? No, Richard. Okay. Richard. No, I was just saying oh. Richard said that he's sure a quick fix has happened in the past. Well, the guy on the show with you had a quick fix. We got rid of uh, Tony Dungy in the next year. We bring in Gruden that same year. We win the Super Bowl. So because there was a talented team, yep. and the Dallas Cowboys are a talented football team. I'm not yep. going to sit up and act like Jerry and Will Clay and Stephen Jr. and Jerry Jr. Mm-hmm. hadn't done a tremendous job of assembling talent. The problem is the coach. And what I would say to that, though, Skip, is I don't believe that Jerry is approaching this with ignorance. He's approaching it with intelligence, and he's approaching it, approaching it with just relax. They just stop playing. You cannot all of a sudden have a knee-jerk reaction. Dan Quinn is interviewing at different places. Maybe he decides that Dan Quinn's the guy. Mm. Maybe him and Dan Quinn. Dan says, hey, let me skip, go and see if I want to take this other job. And maybe he comes back and says, you know what? I'll rather take the Cowboy job. And Jerry may say, hey, Mike, you bye-bye. I'm going to make Jan here because you got to let it play out. There is no rush. The season does not officially kick off again till next September as far as off-season stuff goes, yeah. that's after the Super Bowl. Okay. It's now my turn. <sighs> and once again, I'm going to need a seatbelt over here to keep me in my chair. So forgive me up front for this. Jerry Jones, as always, is approaching this with supreme egomania unearned. I'm going to remind everybody, first of all, that this is why you could watch me in my video on Sunday night throw all of my cowboy gear into my trash can because I was done with them. I'm done with Jerry Jones, but you understand I'm a prisoner of Jerry Jones because I can't vote him out of office. He's not going to fire himself as the GM and the owner and the operator of the football team, obviously. So he owns me. He owns my bragging rights, which are year after year <laughs> gagging rights. And I, 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 I have only one choice here, and that's to find a new team, which is hard for me because since I was 10 years old, I I lived and died for this team in ways that even Jerry has never lived and died for this team. 
Okay, so I'm going to remind everybody, let's put this in historical context. The night he fired Jimmy Johnson, what, what came out of his mouth? He got so mad at Jimmy for not raising a glass and, and honoring a toast that Jerry proposed to all the Cowboy coaches sitting at a table that he went straight back to the headquarters hotel at the league meetings and he saw two Dallas Morning News reporters sitting at the bar and he went right over to them and he announced to them, I'm going to fire Jimmy Johnson and I'm going to hire Barry Switzer to be the next coach of the Cowboys. And they were like, Barry Switzer? And the infamous line from Jerry Jones was, there are 500 coaches out there who could have coached this team to the Super Bowl, meaning Super Bowl championship, because they had just won back-to-back Super Bowls. 500 coaches. And to me, at that moment, the 500th on the list would have been my man, my friend, Barry Switzer, because he'd never coached in the NFL, and he'd been out of college coaching for, uh, I think, two years at that point. So you talk about out of sight, out of mind, talking about Mike McCarthy came out of left field. Barry Switzer really came out of left field. And then Jerry was able to prove to the world, I, I, my team is so incredibly talented. By the way, they had to go get Dion to put them over the pump, right? But they did go sign Dion. They gave him a lot of money, which he deserved because he tilted the playing field back in their favor versus the San Francisco 49ers. But the point was, Jerry pulled it off because he said, well, I, I can even put Barry Switzer in there. And I think Barry's a great football coach on both levels, but a lot of people had little to no respect for him. And what happened? They go win the Super Bowl. And Jerry said, see, I told you so. Anybody could have coached this team. As Jerry has often said, I could coach the SH out of this team. So Jerry thinks he's actually the head coach of this team effectively. What did the great Al Davis teach Jerry as soon as he bought the Cowboys in 1989, 1990? He said, you need to learn to coach the coach. So Jerry thinks the coach is pretty irrelevant. I completely vehemently disagree because Jerry lucked into one of the greatest coaches ever just because he was his teammate and his roommate at Arkansas, Jimmy Johnson. And I don't think they would have won those two Super Bowls without Jimmy. I don't think they would have built a dynasty in the 90s without Jimmy Johnson. That's just me. Jerry did. He, he contributed. I give him that. He's not football stupid. He's done a great job of drafting for this team over the years. But he thinks the driving force of the franchise, the guy who coaches the coach and actually coaches the players by getting to know them, by motivating them in his own little ways, he thinks that he is the Dallas Cowboys. So he's saying, me, what, me worry about this? I don't care. Let Belichick go to the Falcons. Let Jim Harbaugh go to the Chargers. Let Vrabel go somewhere. Let them all go somewhere because if I decide I need a new coach, I'll just go find any somebody out there because any of 10,000, now he's thrown out 10,000 coaches, could coach the Dallas Cowboys to a championship. Unfortunately, it is now going on 29 years in which they haven't even been to the NFC championship game, let alone get back to the Super Bowl. So it's on you, Jerry, and you're not going to fire yourself, even though you're, you're admitting publicly that you are the, the kingpin of the Dallas Cowboys. You, you are the reason for their being. You create them, you coach them, you own them, you operate them. Well, Jerry, you've been a, a miserable failure. And I just watched your team not just get put out in the first round, 
Your team had never allowed more than 38 points in any playoff game in your history. You just gave up 48 midway through the fourth quarter of a game at home against the youngest team in the National Football League, a seven seed that had never won a playoff game ever. What? And now I have to sit here. Now I have 10,000 more reasons not to love the Dallas Cowboys. Thank you very much for letting me vent, Keyshawn. No, you, right. you, 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 you make a few valid points there, I must say. But, but you are speaking with high emotions, though, Skip, opposed to really looking at it. You just lost on Sunday. Today is only Wednesday. Okay? If you tell me a month from now that this is still going on, that's a different conversation. You know, if it's a month from now, it'll just be Mike McCarthy, like it, Richard just it's said. A, it's, it's starting to smell like it's Mike it's McCarthy, right? It's a different right? conversation. Bill Belichick hadn't gotten hired. It, it, I, I don't know that Vrabel yeah. was an answer. Vrabel's not an answer. Yeah. And, and as far as Jim Harbaugh goes, let's, let's, let's just let's take a step back for a minute. I want you and Richard both to take a step back for a minute. Mike McCarthy did win a damn Super Bowl in this league. Okay, he did. I don't care if it was 30 years ago. It was 14, but go he ahead. He still won a Super Bowl. Jim Harbaugh didn't win a Super Bowl in this league. No. Not as came, a player came, or as a coach. Came close. He, came very okay, close. Okay. Last play point, close. You know how many, you know how yeah. many coaches I could point to that came close? Well, not like Mike that. Mike Tomlin came close to winning two. He only got one, though. Okay? Yeah. And, and so close that meant all I'm saying is when you start screaming Jim Harbaugh, 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 don't be a prisoner of the national championship moment. Okay, because I don't know how much of a separation that there is between Mike McCarthy and Jim Harbaugh, to be honest with you. Do you think I, Jim's a better coach than Mike? I don't know that. I do. I don't know that. I'll I don't know it. that because he just because he gone to the Super Bowl and he didn't win the Super Bowl doesn't mean that he is a better coach than Mike because Mike hasn't been able to advance the Cowboys. Now, as far as Belichick goes, Belichick, to me, is, is superior with the right situation. The Cowboys could be the right situation for him as long as he can get along with Jerry Jones. Now, does Jerry Jones want that? Now, remember, Jerry Jones is close to Mr. Kraft. They talk a lot. They're on committees together. They're, you know, those, those are boys. So are. what is Mr. Kraft telling Jerry about Bill? So all of these sort of things have got to come into play before we could all just start sitting here saying, well, Jerry's screwing things up. Jerry's yeah. screwing things up. I don't want to go down that road. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, there's a reason why people move extremely quickly in these situations. That's why there's always the Black Monday after a team loses. It's that Monday that they make decisions because there are so many moving parts. First off, you, you, you're, doing your, you're, you're doing your current staff a bit of a favor by giving them a chance to, to get out in the open market and try to find jobs Ooh. on other staffs. So that's, that's a testament to say, hey, all right, you guys worked hard, your butts off for me. I'm going to let you go, go early so that you can get on your phones and start making phone calls to potentially get yourselves other jobs. Yeah. By holding them hostage and playing this game, you're limiting their chances. People are filling staffs. People are hot, calling their buddies, hey, I, you're going to be my OC. You're going to be my DC. You're going to coach the receivers. You're going to coach the running backs. So Jerry's playing a dangerous game here, and, and that's why they don't do it. It's kind of a it's kind of an understood standard that you let them go as early as possible to give them that chance and to give your team a chance to go recruiting and to get the search started. So the longer you wait, the more chances you have of losing the coaches that you want. 
or running into situations where these guys don't want to coach for your team. And you thought maybe these guys would be interested. I'd be interested. And I hear you about the Gruden situation, but Tony Junji had built an incredible team. Y'all had five Hall of Famers on that team. Anybody could have coached them to a Super Bowl, and they, you, you guys won one. That, that, was, that was an incredible team, one of the greatest teams of all time. No question about it, but that's a rare situation where this team isn't built like that. There's not five Hall of Famers, five, you know what I mean, surefire Hall of Famers on this Dallas Cowboys team. They're a really good team, but they're not world beaters right now. They need some, some, some great coach to get them over the hump. And McCarthy is getting a lot out of them. So we're not sitting here saying, hey, McCarthy is not letting them reach their potential. He's coaching his butt off to, uh, at least in the regular season, he coached a, a pretty good job. Obviously, when you got expectations that are outside of this world like Skip does and think hey, every team should win a Super Bowl when they put a Dallas Cowboys helmet on, then every season is going to be a disappointment when you don't do it. Mm. And so... So you, you, that's what I think Jerry's considering because this team isn't a bad team. And yes, they underperformed this year. But do you throw it all the way and potentially go back to square one when Jerry's 112? You know, do you do you really want to wait and see what the next coach does and figure out, well, let me watch this coach and see if he has the answers? Because this might be, you know, uh, according to Jerry, you don't got too many more coaches to go through. Mm. Yeah, but but Richard. What's the harm of waiting a few more days? Nobody's gotten hired. Everybody's gotten fired. And as far as staffs being built, these coaches communicate all the time about the what ifs. What if I get this job? I think I want to bring you in. Those conversations happen from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. They're, put, they're looking at rosters doing the season as potential job openings I've seen it with my own eyes. I've walked past coaches' offices while they're sitting there. Instead of studying the damn game plan, they're studying the roster of a, a potential job that they may get while, instead of game planning what they're supposed to be doing. So I don't worry about that part of it. You know how that goes, man. They, they are dialed in to try to figure out who can I add to the staff. Now, as far as Jerry goes and his assistants, that's on his staff. Maybe the new coach would like to retain a couple of them. Maybe he has a relationship with a couple of them. He's a billionaire for a reason. He is not stupid yeah. by no stretch of imagination. Okay, you're missing man. the point, Keisha. How, how am I he, missing he, the point? He, he doesn't scared. value any of those coaches. He doesn't care. It, it, he it, just does. It, it's like Mike McCarthy, Bill Belichick. They're all a dime a dozen to Jerry. No, he's Trust just me. telling. He's just telling us that. No, and if you no. if you really truly believe that, Skip. Yeah, that's no. That's you what can't. He you can't possibly. No, no. He There's no does. way. Okay, so think about the context of all this. So the first 30 Super Bowls that were played in the National Football League, 16 times of 30, my team was in the NFC Championship game. So now we're going on 30 years of no even NFC Championship game, even though Mike McCarthy just coached three straight 12-5 and five seasons, and for the first time ever, a team that went 12 and five, three straight years, didn't even make it or didn't even get close to an NFC championship game. So what does that tell you? Well, now we're back to the famous Winston Churchill quote. I don't know if anybody out there remembers Winston Churchill, but I do because he's one of the great leaders in the history of the world. And he said, anybody who doesn't learn from history is doomed to repeat it. 
Well, Jerry just keeps doing it's like Richard's definition of insanity. We just keep doing the same thing over and over. Let's run it back with Mike McCarthy because we just had a bad day against Green what, Bay. What do you want him a to bad do? Day? What do you really? want him to do? Tell, tell go, me. Go get a real head coach. Who? Well, Who do you I, want to get? I, 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 I think Jim Harbaugh is really what, good at what he did. What if they don't think that's an upgrade? And what if I don't Jim care does, what they what think. You asked me what I think. Wanna, what if Jim doesn't want to interview with the Cowboys? Right. Well, I'm just saying you got to go get somebody who's for, for real. Who, uh, uh, though? Okay, well, I just gave you two big but names. But you said you gave me good names. Mm -hmm. What if Pete doesn't want to do that? Okay. And what if they don't well, think? How, how do we know? I don't know until you ask. Exactly. Them. Yeah. You don't know what Jerry and Stephen have done already. We have no idea. And, and the problem is, Jerry has made this job almost untakeable for anybody with any credentials because they're all going to say what your man Bill Parcell should have said before he took the job. It's impossible with Jerry because he's impossible to live with yeah. because he's going to run it. Look, look, I, I agree with you, Skip. I, I think. The problem with Jerry Jones and what makes him different and what made, makes people not want to take this job is usually Jim Harbaugh, what makes him a good coach, he lets the offensive coordinator be an offensive coordinator. He lets the defensive coordinator be a defensive coordinator. He lets his tax accountant do his taxes. He lets his mechanic work on his car. When you yeah. get into Jerry's world, Jerry wants to be the mechanic, he the tax accountant, the Absolutely. offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, tell everybody what to do. And then he wants, and you can't do that with a great team. You're hiring great people to do a job. Don't micromanage and don't sit here and do a radio show, two radio shows <laughs> every week, criticizing the performance that they have. Cause then you Bingo. run into other problems where you feel like you're getting undermined by your owner. So there are guys that's not going to take this job because they don't want to deal with that. I so agree. All right, we'll leave that for a moment. We'll get back to it in a little bit. But up next, Mike Tomlin is staying with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what was all that that just transpired? We'll dig into it next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. So now, according to reports, Mike Tomlin has told his players he will return to coach the Steelers in the final year of his contract. This after the Adam Schefter report that Tomlin would consider taking the Sean Payton route, sitting out the final year of his deal, maybe doing TV, recharging as he waited for his next head coaching job to reveal itself. So as we discussed yesterday, after the Steelers playoff loss in Buffalo on Monday, Tomlin did walk out of his interview session in the middle of a question about the final year of his contract. Here's what the Steelers' Cam Hayward had to say about that. I'll just say this about Mike, too. Like, why are we so concerned with somebody who has a year on their contract, has been locked in, and has wanted to just play coach football? We don't ask anybody else if they need to come back for another year or anything else. I just think it's doing him a disservice. This guy's been locked in from the very get-go, but yet we're worried about if he's coming back or not. Interesting. So, Keyshawn, what do you make of everything that just transpired regarding Mike T? Well, I think when you when you are 0-5 over your last five playoff games, even though you're a phenomenal coach, yeah. and you've done tremendous things by taking Pittsburgh to two Super Bowls and, and, and winning one of those, and you got one year left on your contract, People want to know. They want to know, hey, what's the deal here? Are you going to coach under a lame duck situation, which I don't think is going to happen. I think he'll wind up 
shortly here, we'll be hearing about an extension and more years to add it on to. I, I agree. Because Mike T's not going to want to. Look, come yeah. on. Well, Mike T is not, no matter what anybody says, is not going to want to coach on a one-year deal. Because when you coach it on a one-year deal, and it's not a situation where you've announced, hey, I'm going to coach this last year, and then I'm going to retire or something like that. Because as soon as things start to get a little bumpy, there are certain guys in locker rooms, I don't give a damn what locker room it is, yep. they start to unravel because they know well, he ain't going to come back anyway next mm -hmm. year. So I don't think that that'll be a good situation for the Steelers or Coach Mike T. I just feel like people want to know. And in Western Pennsylvania, like I said yesterday, the noise level has always been high about Mike Tomlin's job and his job security and the job that he's doing, even though he's never had, and I think it's 17 years, correct me if I'm wrong, Skip, mm -hmm. a losing season. Yeah. That is something. I mean, it's not, you know, I understand you look at it and you go, well, what does that mean? It's like a college football team going to bowl games every single year. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. He did win a couple national championships along the way. So he deserves the benefit of the doubt. I mean, obviously, in this league, that's an achievement all time. A major it's, achievement. It's just, it's, and he deserves, Skip and yeah. Richard, the benefit of the doubt. First yeah. of all, the organization, they held on to Ben Roethlisberger way too long. Ben was phenomenal with them. And then all of a sudden, he just hit a wall, got older, got banged up. And they just, for whatever reason, they held on to him. They gave him that bogus extension. And then that allowed him to stick around for two more years. Because they didn't have a legit plan B. There was no successor their, in place. But that's their fault, Skip. Not, not that's not fault. Mike yeah. Tomlin's fault. That's the organization's yeah. fault of staying too loyal mm -hmm. to a quarterback that was aging and wasn't the same guy that he was when they was going to Super Bowls. That's their fault. So now they're still searching for a quarterback. They played with three different QBs this year, and he still took them to the playoffs, even though – Toward the middle to the end of the season, we was all sitting there going, man, there's no, there's no way. People started talking about he lost his locker room. Even some of his former players started questioning the, his ability to get control of some of his players because they wasn't doing the Steeler thing. They well, were doing well, something totally different. Roethlisberger was questioning him uh, on his podcast. Roethlisberger was yeah. questioning yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it was, it, And so when you start to look at it, I think it's the right move for him. This is what he wants to do. He wants to come back and show everybody, hey, I can, if I got the right situation, I can coach him on. I'm glad he's doing it and not just saying, okay, somebody else handles this mess. I'm going to handle it and fix it. Mm. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, don't, <clears throat> I don't know. I hate speculation. I hate speculation. I hate speculating on things that we didn't hear him say. We never heard him say he's not coming back to Pittsburgh. We heard a rumor through a rumor through somebody else through somebody else that, hey, he's thinking about doing this. Unless I hear him say it, then it's not true. And so what what happened was we went and ran off with something that was never true to begin with. And we made a story out of something that wasn't a story. So it's, it's frustrating to me. That's why I hate anonymous sources. I hate things where we didn't hear people say whether they're true or not. It may have been true. It may not have been true. But he didn't say it. So for us to speculate on it and then him to come out and basically say well, I'm going to do the same thing I've done for the past 17 years, and that's coach the Pittsburgh Steelers. And for him to walk out of the interview now, it seems kind of asinine. When you, when you think about it, you're like, yeah, he thinks that's a dumb question. What has he done the last 16 years? He's coached the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when is he? I, I don't remember a time of him being on a hot seat. I'm sure we've heard rumors and speculation again, but has he ever, has he ever really been on it? I doubt it. And I agree with Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward's been there 13 years, has never played for another coach, and won't ever play for another coach. And 
He's like, why are we asking these questions about a guy who's been here his entire head coaching career? He's been here. They've extended him. Whether it's a year left on his contract. If, now, if this was no time left on his contract, then sure, let's have a conversation about it. They're going to extend him this offseason. He's going to be coaching in Pittsburgh as he has. Now, you talk about the playoff losses. He deserves uh, a coach of the year, probably of those five playoff games, probably three or four of those years, just getting those teams to the playoffs I with some of the guys. That. I mean, you, you, I agree. you talk about you're doing it with Mason Rudolph. You're doing it with, with Kenny Pickett at times. You're, you're doing it with guys that would not be starters on other teams anywhere in this league, not on any playoff teams. That's for dang sure. Now, you're like, would you would you see Mason Rudolph playing for any of the other playoff teams? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> they, he would not be the starter over any of them. So I think the Pittsburgh understand, uh, the organization and the Roonies understand, hey, we've put him in a really tough position. We've given him ingredients that should not make lemonade, and he's made lemonade. He's made he's made dinner out of, out of scraps for us year after year after year. So, yes, he gets the benefit of the doubt. Yes, he gets an extension. Yes, he's not on the hot seat because he's been a great coach, and they know if he ever hit the free market, everybody in their mind. They may be guys with, with a solid head coach right now firing their coach to get a shot at Tomlin. That's how great of a coach he's been in the National Football League, and he's 51 which is a lot younger than a lot of coaches that have coached 17 years in this league. Yeah, that's a fact. Okay, so let me reset just for me. I said three weeks ago on this show, I thought Mike Tomlin would figure a way to get them in the playoffs, and he did. And I said a week ago, just because he did get them in the playoffs, he should be in the running for coach of the year this past regular season. there's not much better than Mike Tomlin out there right now. I'm not sure anybody can do it at any higher level than Mike Tomlin can do it. And Keyshawn, you've made the point. He doesn't want to buy the groceries. He, he's cool. He just coaches the football team. They run it. They pick the players. I'm sure he has some input, yeah, but, that's, he does. but that's not what he does. He, he doesn't fight for input. Okay. So, I understand, Richard, what you say about you hate the anonymous sources and these stories and the speculation. I do want to defend Adam Schefter. I know him well. I know Keisha. Yeah, Shef- sure Shefty, if it's coming from Shefty, hey, he's the best in the business. Hey, yeah, he, I, I, he, he is the best. He is the Mike Tomlin of reporters, if we can go there. The, the point is, he's, he's so credible that I'm sure where there was some smoke here, there was a little bit of fire. There's just a little bit of fire. Unfortunately, it turned up the heat underneath Mike Tomlin, maybe to a fault. But but I'm sure there was something going on here. There was some consideration, whatever. I get what Cam Hayward, I think Cam Hayward's just a flat out building block of a cornerstone. You know, he just he's just such a good guy and such a great leader. It's guys like that. They're they're why that team did somehow make the playoffs. So and by the way, they're only down 24-17 in the middle of the fourth quarter at Buffalo. So they had a shot. Unfortunately, they had Mason Rudolph at quarterback against Josh Allen. But the point is that something was going on and then it it served itself well because it, it created some conflict. It created some urgency and it forced everybody's hand in the right direction because Mike Tomlin belongs as he, he should finish as the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't want to see him go anywhere else. I, I want to see him be able to retire there. Is that reasonable? 
given the landscape of the National Football League and just how hard it is to win year after year. He's only 51 years of age. And in, in, in coaching years, that's that's a young man. Still. Well, the last three yeah. coaches, and, and you would know, obviously, yeah. the, 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 the first one outside of Mike, uh, but outside of Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin, yeah. the last three coaches retired as yeah. Pittsburgh Chuck Steelers. Chuck Noll. Chuck Noll and those guys, they retired yeah. as Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So, look, it, the, the, the heat, is always for whatever reason with Mike Tomlin. I don't. It's just people like to. I don't know. Poke at him and his ability to get them further into deep runs into the playoffs. Why that is, I have no idea. But they got to look at the makeup of the team in the years that we're talking about. The quarterback got old. Okay, and when the quarterback gets old. You have a problem. I don't know how many times I got to continue to tell people if you don't have a quarterback, you're you're out the business, man. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. That's why everybody is looking for quarterbacks at a high premium. That's why quarterbacks are making the type of money that they're making because the value that they bring to the table. I mean, any good team, they got a quarterback. Any good team and any bad team, they don't have a quarterback. Well, just look who's left. Just the reality of it. Tournament, yeah. They all got quarterbacks that are playing phenomenal. Yeah. Go, Richard. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I agree. If you don't got a quarterback, you don't have anything in this league. You ain't got nothing. Um, And if you're going to get to a Super Bowl, you don't got nothing. You don't got nothing. And and that's what everybody's learning. That's why it's weird to hear Bill Belichick talk about or, or to speculate that Bill Belichick's talking about coaching the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> because if you don't got a quarterback, you don't got nothing. So you're not about to go there and win ball games with the Atlanta Falcons and say this team is underperforming. They're, they're, they're a 7-10 and 10 team, and that's right about where they should be with the quarterbacks that they have and the quarterbacks that they put out there and the talent level that they have. And so if you, if you are expecting him, and I thought they thought Kenny Pickett was the answer, Everybody this preseason, if you take it, rewind the time to the preseason, people were talking about Kenny Pickett. Oh, my God. He had the most best preseason in the history of preseasons. Like, what are we talking about here? Well, it, and it, he it, goes into it, the regular it, season. It was only two quarterbacks in that draft, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, I don't know if you – I'm sure you've been to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, facility. They're right next yeah, – they yeah. literally and, and share Pittsburgh, – they share it with the Pitt Panthers. So the relationship is already there. I, already, I see the guy every day. He's around us every single day. So we have some sort of uh, pre-draft uh, notion about who he is as idea. a player, an idea who he is as a player, because we, we've been around him for a long time. In terms of quarterback fixing for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin, mm. Here's a guy that they should go get if the Chicago Bears are stupid enough to get rid of Justin Fields. Go get Justin Fields, man. Go get Justin Fields. And, and, and turn Justin Fields into what you should have gotten out of Kenny Pickett, a guy who could throw the football. He got weapons on the perimeter already. You got a defense. You can run the ball with Najee Harris. Go get Justin Fields. If the Chicago Bears are stupid enough to move on from Justin Fields after three offensive coordinators sitting to Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin and company back the truck up and go get that young man. Yeah. And let's see what Pittsburgh is in the I 2024 agree. year. Yeah, I completely I agree. agree. All right. So do you think Mike Tomlin, just gut feeling, will he retire as the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach? Yes, because yeah. he's going to get the quarterback issue fixed. And once he gets the quarterback issue fixed, 
we won't have these conversations about what type of coach is he. We just won't. We won't even have these conversations. Yeah. Agree, Richard? I don't think I don't think we're really having them now. Well, when I, I say yeah, we, I agree, I agree with, with I, when I say we, I'm not talking about us. I'm just talking about the sports community as a whole. You know, is there's people out there, and as you know, Skip, in the sports community in the world that don't think that my man is a coach that deserves to keep his job. It's just, you know, that's just out there. I, I don't know where that comes from. I, that, it's stupid, yeah. but that's what people, yeah. that's how people are. It, 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 because this is this is a this is a microwave society right now, Skip. I mean, you you, you look at you look at Philadelphia right now. You look at the Eagles. Eagles fans throwing popcorn on Sirianni. They <laughs> were they? sitting there freaking ready to build. Yeah, they threw popcorn as he walking out of the stadium. Oh, they threw popcorn that. on his man. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, man. and they they it, but 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 you ready <laughs> wow. to, to fire this man and, and clean house and cheat him like this and and just you rewind twelve months. And he's crying in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? They're about to start the Super Bowl, and they're up in that game. So it's like, my goodness, what what do fans want? Like, it's like if you don't win the Super Bowl and you're not in the game every year, then you need to get fired, and that's ridiculous. So Richard, they're throwing popcorn. I didn't see it either. See at, it either. at Tampa, they were. No, as Sirianni was exiting the tunnel in in Tampa Bay, an Eagles in fan Tampa. took all his popcorn okay. and tossed it in Tampa and tossed it on his head. Well, that's. I said, my God. I can't be. I know it's just popcorn, but come on, man. All right. Up next, we got to talk Green Bay Packers. We got to talk Jordan Love. We got to talk to, you ready for this? Romeo Dobbs. He's going to join us live from Green Bay in just a moment. Don't miss. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. There's an old saying about keeping your friends close and your enemies closer. Romeo Dobbs is my enemy. He destroyed my Cowboys with six catches for 151 yards Sunday at Jerry World. I hate what he did to my team, but I can't hate Romeo. Keyshawn knows and loves this kid from L.A. in part because the agency Keyshawn is part of represents Romeo. So now I have to be man enough to welcome him, Romeo Dobbs, live from Green Bay. Good morning to you, sir. And I, I'm just giving you my heartfelt congratulations on what you did to my team. Man, I'm just here to play ball. Just keeping <laughs> it short and sweet. Yeah. You know, Dallas had a pretty solid, a pretty solid football team, but, you know, just had to come up on top of the win. Again, just moving on forward. So, Romeo, allow me to ask you, were you at all surprised that you look up at the scoreboard and you're up 27 to nothing before halftime? Uh, nah, man, you know, um, just playing it one play at a time. Just making sure I do my part as a player offensively and just believing in our defense, understanding that, you know, we got some dogs on our side of the ball. Do you? And Oof. just... They're going to get it done. So, so Romeo, in your first playoff game, you get, like Skip said, six catches, a buck 51, and a touchdown. Were you – when did you settle in in that particular game and felt comfortable to know, oh, okay, I'm about to eat these dudes up today? I mean, just based on the play call, just what we was getting from them defensively, understanding what they was going to do up front, um, you know, just – 
making sure I executed the route the way how I was supposed to. And, you know, most importantly, just playing the position, just understanding the timing and spacing, um, angles, and again, man, just playing offensive football. Mm. Were, were you surprised at all that there was very little double teaming you, given the fact that you basically manhandled the secondary all by yourself? <laughs> hey, man, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that, you know, just as a core, as a receiving core, we had ops. And we took advantage of those opportunities that we got. So Did you? So, Romeo, take me through this early play in the game. We actually threw Aaron Jones for one loss in the game. It was minus three. This is in that first series after you won the toss and you took the football. So now it's second and 13, and I'm thinking, as a Cowboy fan, okay, here we go. We'll, we'll, we'll push you back into third and long, and we got you. And on second and 13, you know what happened. Jordan Love dropped back and just threw a rocket to you for 22 yards. That was pretty much the end of the game for the Dallas Cowboys. What, what kind of route was that? What kind of coverage did you see? Walk us through it. Um, I mean, you know, third and long in this league, a lot of times it's some sort of, some sort of open coverage. You know, it can be most mostly open, but – a lot of times, um, just talking through the route, you know, just buying a little space because, you know, I was a little too open. So I knew just kind of get in that area. A lot of times if you rush it, somebody just happens to pop out in front of you. So it was a pretty solid route, but great job by Jordan. Just sitting in the pocket playing his boys game like he's always been doing. And, you know, you put the ball in the spot where I can only get it. You're talking about Jordan. You're talking about Jordan Love there, Romeo. How? How, I don't want to say surprising, but how different from the beginning of the season to the second half of the season and into this Dallas Cowboy game, Jordan Love looked? Like, what, what changed for Jordan in that time span? To be truthful, man, um, you know, Jordan has been the same guy since I've gotten the building, you know, just – his growth from a year ago up until now, it's been amazing. But like I always say, he know better than I do. Um, we just moving on forward, just getting ready for the next opponent so we can get ready and just play ball there. So speaking of growth, Romeo, so you went to Jefferson High here in L.A. Keyshawn, is it fair to say it's kind of in the shadow of USC? It's not that far, yeah, it's right? It's three miles. Okay, so fairly close. Yeah. But, but obviously, Romeo, you weren't recruited by USC. You went to Nevada, you, you, so you weren't a top recruit. Do, do you feel like you, you sort of grew up at Nevada, like you were a little bit of a late bloomer coming out of Jefferson High? Uh, yeah, I mean, just throughout my stages of just my football journey, it's been the same as far as being that, being that underdog. Uh, you know, it happened in high school. wasn't really surprised, you know. It was just in a matter of time that, you know, I just got my opportunity wherever it was. And shout out to the man above. He just yeah. put me in position just to make the push and hit the right buttons. Romeo, you're traveling this weekend to go play the San Francisco 49ers. And on the other side of the ball is a real close friend and an east side baby, as I like to call him, in Diamador Lenore, someone that you'll be going up against. What do you feel that matchup will be like? Here are two kids that grew up together from the same neighborhood 
going up against each other in a very pivotal playoff game? Um, it'll be, you know, it'll be amazing, man. You know, just for the people back at the crib, just to kind of just see it, witness it, and kind of let it be nostalgic, you know, that at some point, just kind of coming up and growing up, you know, we played on the same Pop Warner team mm. and just kind of represented the same area. So it'll be exciting, man. Mm. Are you gonna take it? Are you gonna take it easy on him? Or are you gonna you gonna you know try to dominate? I, I clearly gonna try to dominate uh, him. Are you gonna talk noise to him? Or are you just gonna be yourself, quiet? I, I need to know. Nah, man, I gotta be myself first. Can't get out of character. Yes, we know. We all know that. Yes. Which of you two was better on the Pop Warner team? Uh, he had a little more experience than I did, but you know we parted ways as far as just our football journey and obviously we both at the biggest stage, but can't wait for Sunday to see what happens. Yeah. Do you guys stay in touch? Have you communicated this week at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I have not. Um, I'm not on the media a lot of times. So again, man, I know I'll see him, but we both know it's a business day. So we're just going to see what happens. So Romeo, for a while, I heard that Christian Watson was going to be the man of the receivers in Green Bay, taken in the second round. Then I heard all about Jaden Reed was going to be the man in Green Bay among the receivers, another second-round pick. Now I'm starting to hear that this kid named Romeo is going to be the man in the receiving core, taken in the fourth round. Who is the man in your receiver's room right now? So I've said this before. Now, if you look out just throughout the year, as far as who was able to show up, um, there was times I've showed up. There was times where Jaden showed up. Yep. Wick showed up going into week 17. He did. So there is no guy in our room. We mm. can all play ball. Mm. Romeo, how, so when you came out of Nevada, you worked out with a Hall of Fame Receiver coach in Terry Rabisky. Rabisky went around for 40 plus years coaching the Tim Browns, the Jerry Rices. You, I could go on to Julio Jones, on and on and on. How did Terry Rabisky help prepare you for this moment that you had against Dallas? Oh, yeah. I mean, Terry, I, I salute to him all the time, you know, because he obviously introduced me just kind of what I was going to see going into this league, uh, just putting me on game on what should I expect, just, you know, formations, timing, spacing, just being QB friendly with the quarterback. I, I salute him a lot for it. So just kind of, you know, as far as the moment, um, you know, I just took it all in, just relied on all the training that I've put in up until this point. And again, shout out to him. How is this, how is your locker room different than it was a year ago? Uh, it's it's different, man. You know, um, obviously a year ago it's a little roller coaster, and that's just part of the game. That's usually what happens. But you know, just going into this year, it was a fresh start, and um, there was a lot of questioning as far as our team and what we can do. And obviously, just kind of shutting out the noise outside and just playing our game like we've always been doing. So, mm. so Romeo, sum it up for us. Could you see a day that Jordan Love becomes better than Aaron Rodgers? That's, 
you know, I, I, I don't speak, I don't, that's, that's not my journey to speak on, you know, but as far as Jordan's consistency and his growth, like I always say, he know better than I do. And he just look for us just to stack in the days and just keep, just keeping on progressing. Man. All right. We appreciate your time. Keyshawn loves you and appreciate you. you. Good luck to yeah. you at San Francisco and I've, Take it easy on him, man. Take it easy on him. Boy, I hope they do to San Francisco when they did to Dallas. Thank you, Romeo. We appreciate you very much. Okay, up next, Jim Harbaugh interviews with the Falcons while he continues to negotiate with Michigan. So where will Jim coach next year? That's a good question, and that's next. No mercy. No mercy. Now it's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Al Mata. Mike McCarthy after Jerry's comments. Yeah, he's dancing. It's starting to smell like Mike's going to keep his job, even though they trailed 48 to 16 in the middle of the fourth (laughs) quarter of their first playoff game. All right. This is from Munster Inc., our second tweet. Skip (laughs) Skip waiting for word out of Dallas. That, that is true. That's Mr. Bean. He's one of your favorites, right? Oh, yeah, right? Mr. Bean. He's nice funny. to watch him. Yeah. He's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's lying down in the field, and he's waiting some more for no word. And finally, from Student of Life, <laughs> we got Dak with the crying Jordan face. That's sort of the state of my team right now. That sort of sums it up. No, I can't. I, yeah. I, I still, to this day, I can't believe y'all lost them. Seriously, I just, I, well, seriously, I feel the same way. No, it's like surreal. I wake up in the morning. I wake <laughs> up and I say, "Did that really happen?" And it's not that you lost. No, it's how. You got your, you know oh, what? I mean, hey, Keyshawn, <laughs> it, it reminded me of games I covered in 1989 when they were effectively a, an expansion team. They were just horrible. You know, they they were non-competitive. They just couldn't. Is that when they traded Herschel? Yeah, yeah. right. It was about the fourth game they traded Herschel, and then right. they, they just couldn't at least, play. yeah. I was just grateful because at least next year when you're sitting there talking about, remember last year in the playoffs, you're not going to say that this year. But the best thing yeah. ever, though, Richard and Skip, I know we're getting ready to move on, yeah. is being able to watch the game with Michael in disbelief. That, that, that just, no, it's, a, it's, <laughs> like, it's like hot chocolate all over me. It's so good. You know, it's just it crazy. <laughs> I mean, Michael even... When we saw him on Monday, he was in serious shock. The man changed his clothes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw him have jeans on. He had to go change his clothes. Hey, Michael, Michael would have fought every single man in that locker room had you let him in Dallas's locker I room agree. that day. He, he would have fought have. every single one Absolutely. of them. Absolutely. You got it. Well, you saw Jimmy's speech at halftime that he sh- I wish he could have given. He-, he did it on Fox. I wish he could have done it to the team. Unfortunately, he's no longer the coach. All right, back to business. These players don't got that kind of passion for Dallas. No, that's a fact. Back to Jim Harbaugh. He now has interviewed with a second NFL team, Falcons, on top of the Chargers. Yet it it also has been reported that he continues to negotiate with Michigan. That's according to Dan Wetzel of Yahoo. Harbaugh wants, and I quote, language that would grant him immunity from termination from the finding or sanction that could arise from multiple current NCAA investigations, unquote. In other words, Michigan would commit to not firing him in the event the NCAA drops the big hammer so hard that firing him would be the only real option. So, Keyshawn, you said that you believe Harbaugh 
still wants to take an NFL job so he can chase that Super Bowl he narrowly lost to his older brother, John. Does this report at all change your mind? No, it's just security, Skip. Right? right? It doesn't change my mind at all. Well, he should protect himself and his family and their finances and everything. Absolutely, 100%. If I have the leverage and I can get a clause in my contract that says that you can't uh, fire me without pay and all the other things, I'm going to put it in. Absolutely, especially but if he, I... But he is still dickering with Michigan, right? But, so, but okay. especially, though, Skip, yeah, yeah. If I can't get a head coaching okay. job, this is where things always get kind of murky. We assume that these owners want to hire him as a head coach. But he has interviewed in the past on multiple occasions yes. and walked yep. away yep. without an offer. Yep. So... This could still be the same thing. Think about it. Eric Bieniemy interviewed on all 32 teams by now. Still can't get a job. No. So just because we hold Jim Harbaugh in such high regard mm -hmm. as an NFL coach doesn't mean these owners do. He interviewed with Atlanta yesterday, I guess it was. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, he interviewed with the Chargers. Okay. If he and now I'm not keen on all the rules just yet, but I believe they can't start hiring to after the divisional round, which means they can't start interviewing people in person, so they got to go through the minority process, all this sort of stuff that has to take place. But you would think if the Chargers have him on their radar and that's their guy, he wouldn't go to Atlanta. He'd just say, I'm going to go. I like this quarterback. I like Justin Herbert. This is going to work for me. I, let me see what Michigan is talking about. Let me kind of just hold both at bay instead of going around, taking all these trips eating all these people's food, and then going back to Michigan yep. to coach the team. You would think that. So I'm not 100% sure that people want to hire him the way that we're reporting it. Just because when you get in an interview, maybe they don't like your cologne. Mm. They don't like the way you walk down the hallway. Or you know? maybe you don't like them. Or, or, no. I was going to say that. Okay. Or maybe you don't like the facilities. Yep. The facilities aren't good. Yep. So you just never really know. But I'm glad that he is trying to protect himself because clearly it seems like the NC2A is... <laughs> circling around Michigan in that program. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I it's perplexing. It's perplexing. I, I think it's a 70% chance he stays at Michigan because he's negotiating and he could be the face of college football going forward, especially now that Saban is left. Uh, the Big Ten is going to be, you know, with SC and Washington, you know, it's going to be even more competitive. Jim, and, and the NCAA Coming down, you know, I guess that's hovering over him. But the NCAA is kind of a shell of itself. You know, people don't respect the NCAA like they used to, especially now that kids get paid. I mean, what power does the NCAA have? You know, usually once a, a team or an organization or a university kind of drops their punishment on a coach, they kind of go with that. But who knows what's going to happen? I, I'm sure if he feels like he's going to get suspended for a season or something, he's going to go to the National Football League. But I also believe... <clears throat> Keith, we're giving the, we're giving these owners too much credit. Some of them are absolute idiots, and 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 they're not great at, at well, hiring coaches. They're but, absolute but, idiots. I mean, no, Matt that's Patricia, true though. Sure. I'm not, you're giving them too much question. 
No, I'm not. I, I, Matt Patricia got a head coaching job. Joe Judge got a head coaching job. Like let let's let's be let's be really serious here. Yeah. Like no, but, these but, guys got head coaching jobs over the likes of the B enemies of the world, true. over the likes of, of very true. established. Caldwell doesn't have a job, true. and Matt Patricia has gotten a job. No. So this is you Brandon know we we can talk about these owners and their process. Yeah. And, I mean Brandon Staley got a job. It ain't, look, There's been Richard, a number of it, guys. Their process is not the best. That's why I say, who's to say that they, even though they, like you say, I'm not going to necessarily go to the lint that you did by calling them idiots because I don't think they're idiots. I, I, just, I, think they're idiots not, I just don't think at times they're very smart and they listen to <laughs> okay. other people that don't know anything about football. <laughs> That's, That's a nice way to say it. Well, I don't, That's a know, nice way to say it. Yeah, I don't want to do them like that. But you are correct to say that they become delusional at times and don't understand. That's why I say... Who's to say that they like Harbaugh, right? They look at him and go, eh, because he didn't fit what they thought in their interview process, mm -hmm. which then becomes a mistake, yep. which brings up what you just said about some of the hires that you look at Matt Patricia, Mr. Pencil, as, as Skip likes to call him, Coach, yeah. Coach Pencil, or you look at Joe Judge. Like, you and I, we would look at them and go, nah, that ain't what we're looking for. <laughs> them, on the other hand, they look at that and go, we just hired the best guy available. Belichick's guy. You know, right. or Belichick's guy or something like that. So and, you, you and, are right. I just, you know, uh, soft a little bit. I mean, this is going to lead me on a tangent about – it's going to lead me on a tangent a little bit uh, about how black head coaches got to do so much. I mean, Brandon Staley was the D coordinator for one season he and got a head coaching job somehow, some way, and that was crazy. But Great the black point. coaches – I mean, Eric Bieniemy, we talk about how he interviews, and now this – I can't imagine – Joe Judge and Matt Patricia interviewed out of this world. I think Joe Judge was a special teams coach and he went was. from head to head coach. All right, what are we talking about? They moved, and we, we hear they about moved these the other head coaches. Post. They moved the goalposts. Remember, you had to be a coordinator, offense, defense coordinator. Then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, he is a coordinator. He's a special teams coordinator. So hire him. Mm. Okay. Dan Campbell has done a fantastic job. He was a tight ends coach. But I don't think, I, I don't think Michigan – I, I think Jim's best bet is to stay at Michigan, Skip. I think that's the best thing he could do. Uh, I, don't, I don't even understand why he interviewed with Atlanta. That's one of those ones where I think it would have made more sense for him and made him seem even more exclusive if he said, Atlanta, I appreciate that. No thanks. Okay. I won't coach this thing. Keyshawn, I agree with Richard on all the above. I, I'll, I'll go up to 80% that I think Jim stays at Michigan. I hark back to that speech he gave national championship night after they won in which I, I won't give it chapter and verse, but he basically said when he dies, he, he just wants one thing on his gravestone. Here lies a Michigan man because it's just in his heart and his soul and played there, obviously grew up in Ann Arbor for the most part. And he has a chance to create a dynasty. He's got it going in the right direction. I was a little surprised that J.J. McCarthy said, I'm going into the draft because he had a year of eligibility left. And I thought maybe he and Jim would try to run it back and go back to back. But did he sign with an agent? Yeah, I, I don't know If he yet. didn't sign with an agent, it's he possible. can always go, it's, it's highly always possible. go back. Okay, all right. The point is that Jim still has it stuck in his craw that – Michigan once upon a time, what was it, five years ago, made him take a pay cut because he had a couple of off years, one really through the pandemic they had a, a tough year. But the point was 
He, he's still getting even with them because this would be the third straight offseason that he's interviewed with multiple NFL teams. And I think he's tweaking them. He's trying to kind of stick it back to them. And he's negotiating a big new deal, which could be sort of that quote-unquote lifetime contract at Michigan. So all that works in his favor because he's a hot, hot candidate. But to, to me, I'm with Richard because I'm, I'm not sure there's an NFL job that he would trust enough to say, there, I could go win maybe multiple Super Bowls, but it, 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 at Michigan, he, he could win a couple more national championships because they are loaded. And even in their D line, they got a, so th- those kids are all coming back. It, they're going to be a force no, to they, be reckoned they, they, with. They are, but the reason I feel the way I feel, Skip, is I, I say this about many people across many sports and, and industries. The highest level this is, is, is always where you want to be. Yeah. I understand he took. But it's not like he's never been there. He, he was. Yeah, but he didn't win. It's a, there's, yeah. a different, there's a difference when you win it and when you don't win it. Okay? And, and his brother has one. He does. Whether it was against him or somebody else, he might well, get another well, one. Well, it was at his expense. And he, he might get another he one. He might. That conversation is different yep. at Thanksgiving when you got one versus not having one. Okay. Because coaches, owners, they thrive in players. They thrive to win that trophy, that championship. It's, it's one thing to hold it up high. But then when you essentially failed, even though we don't look at it as a failure, but it's a failure because you didn't win it. You want that so bad. That's why these coaches, they, they try to get back in it at the highest level. Even the great Nick Saban tried it, and he realized – no, this ain't for me. I got to go back to college. Absolutely. He never got the opportunity to get to a Super Bowl. He failed immediately with the Miami Dolphins. So he said, I'm, I'm going. I'm going back to college. That's what I'm saying. When you, when you look at it, that's why they become lifers. That's mm-hmm. why they're still doing it. Yeah. It's to win the ultimate prize. Is the only reason why I feel like, in the end, if the Chargers are to take it, maybe there's multiple Super Bowls there. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's iffy. Like Richard said, because there's no, they got a couple good skill position pieces, but there's no quarterback in the lousy yep. division. Baker Mayfield just showed you just now that they're getting ready to probably make some things happen out of that division. So it's kind of like you, if you can get a quarterback, maybe Atlanta's a good spot for somebody. But the Chargers are the perfect position for a coach that wants to coach in the National Football Although League. Although the ownership now. there has always been a little That's what I'm shaky. saying. So I don't know if the owner's yeah. in them vibe. Yeah. Although he did play for the Chargers. He did at the He has a relationship based on his playing days with the Chargers in San Diego in the end. So I'm sure the Suns were around and they know him. So there's a relationship there to some degree. Yeah. I just my, think he, he may my, want to go back to the pros. My, my concern is, because I think he's going back to Michigan, is you're leaving the team very vulnerable. And kids these days are not loyal. They're not. It's a weird time. And coaches, it's that transfer portal time. Coaches are in these kids' ears at Georgia, at Bama, at all these other schools at Ohio State saying, man, you see your head coach interviewing for these jobs? You sure he's coming back? Yeah. You might want to. Our head coach is going to be here. Our head coach is right here. We're going to be competing for a national championship. He's not going anywhere. This head coach is interviewing for jobs every week. So that's the only part where I'm kind of scratching my head that 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 hardball that Jim would, would interview for these jobs is because it's it's planting the seed of doubt in the kids' heads that are there. Fair point. And so 
in the college landscape and the way it is right now where kids transfer every day, where kids are one and done, they one year and then transfer somewhere else and play for six, seven schools uh, during their careers. Do you really want to risk that when you have everything you wanted? You're coming off a national championship. You got a strong team. Do you really want to potentially lose some of your kids because you want to interview for these jobs? Because kids aren't going to sit here and wait around for you to take this job. If they think you're gone, they're gone. But he's been doing that for multiple years. Yes. I mean, he, if you think about it, he's interviewed for the Broncos, the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears. Like, he's, he's done this same dance every offseason for the last several years, and he went on and won a national title, and nobody, that, to my memory, left the team. Yeah. All right, let's get right. back to Richard's right. but point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the NCAA because there are two that I know of open investigations of Michigan football program and Jim Harbaugh. Okay, so in my time, I've been in the middle of that SMU death penalty scandal back in the day. Did and, you pay anybody? No, I didn't. They, I got some bribes myself, but I didn't take them. But the point was, Ron <laughs> Meyer skipped town, so to speak, one step ahead of the NCAA law and took the New England head coaching job. Then you watched what happened with Pete Carroll at USC, which benefited Richard, obviously, in Seattle because – it looked like something was coming down. All of a sudden, Pete is over and out of here, right? And, and he's going up to Seattle, back to the NFL to coach the Seahawks. Okay, so now we have another opportunity here where, to Richard's point, it seems like the NCAA has lost some of its juice, you know, whatever it is. They've lost control of their sport because it's the wild, wild west and everybody's in the transfer portal and there's no loyalty and there are no contracts and kids can just come and go. So the point is, I don't know how big a hammer they can drop. But if Jim gets the scent of this, he gets the message that they're going to drop a big hammer and next year they can't go to a bowl game, then maybe that would encourage him to take an NFL job. Yeah, one one year of some sanctions and a couple of scholarships and yeah. whatnot in a down year. Okay, that's fine. That's why he wants to protect himself. He doesn't want the university, like you said, Skip, several years ago that took money from him. He doesn't want that again. He doesn't want to be faced with, okay, I'm going to stay loyal to y'all, yep. but yet and still y'all coming at me and telling me I'm going to be suspended and you don't want to pay me and my family or you're going to fire me exactly. because – the yep. NC2A wants to make an example out of Michigan's football program and me, so they're going to hand the hammer down us to the ump degree, and now y'all yep. take my contract and basically void it out. That's I applaud him mm -hmm. for standing strong and making sure at the end of the day, hey, I'm going to flirt with these other NFL teams while y'all get y'all act together if y'all really want to retain me. Okay, so to sum it up. Right, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, so Keyshawn says... Chargers, Richard and I say Michigan, right? Yeah, okay. same colors almost. Yep. One's yep. light blue, dark blue, a lot blue, lighter. Gold. Yeah. Yeah. Go blue. All right, up next, we need to talk some Belichick. We opened the show talking about him. Now, supposedly, reportedly, he wants a talented, underachieving team. Sounds like he's chasing Tom Brady in that regard. We'll talk about it next. So ESPN reports that Bill Belichick is interested in talented yet underachieving teams. Keyshawn. Yes. What, what does that tell you? 
Well, all, all teams that's looking for head coaches, for the most part, are talented and underachieving. That's why. <laughs> so the whole field of that's why. Yeah. That's why it's a open season for head coaches looking for jobs this year. I mean, when you start to look at teams like the Carolina Panthers, do they really have talent? They got some talented players, but maybe not at the no. level that we would be talking about. And with Washington Bill, wouldn't be at Bill the Belichick, level. right? I don't know about Washington. Washington is a competitive football team that has a few little pieces that coaches may feel they can get something out of. Mm -hmm. But when the things come to mind, like the Raiders, for instance, that, that is going to go to AP most likely. We hope so. That, that, yeah, yeah, we hope that is. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at Atlanta and I'm looking at the Chargers. When you're talking about talented teams that underachieved to a whole nother level. The Chargers have been underachieving for quite some time. They should have never got rid of Anthony Lynn. That's their mistake. They made that bonehead Agreed. move by hiring Brandon Staley, thinking they was getting something good, as Richard said, a guy who was a defensive coordinator for one year uh, under Sean McVay, so the offense helped the defense to a degree. Mm. Now, when I look at the Chargers and I look at the roster, you know, offensive line, you got the anchor at, at, at Slater, mm -hmm. the big left tackle, right? That's the anchor of the offensive it line. Is. You got a quarterback mm -hmm. that can play. You know, it's a mixed reviews on him because he hadn't taken the next step yet. He has not. You got Austin Eckley. Yeah, I don't know where they're at on Keenan Allen because of his career and his age and the money that he's going to make. But boy, he was productive. But he's very, oh, very oh. productive. You got Mike Williams that you're stuck with for at least another two years because of his contract situation. You look on the defensive side of the ball, there's Darwin James, right? You got Asante Samuel uh, Jr. at the cornerback position. You still got Khalil Mack, who's you productive. You got Bosa, who is up and down, but maybe bringing a guy in like Belichick will get him over the hump. So you got some talent that's yep. there mm -hmm. with the Chargers, mm -hmm. and they're underachieving. Now if you switch to Atlanta, we know what they got. In pitch, right? We know what they got in Drake London and then the, the running back that they just uh, mm -hmm. drafted. Um, oh, God. Texas. Out of Texas. Bijan. Bijan. All they need to figure out there is the quarterback position. They're yeah. okay on the defensive side to a degree. I think the Chargers are a better bet for me, but you got a couple head coaches that's probably eyeing that situation. And we don't know what the owners are thinking. Who, Which one of these Guys are they looking at that they feel most comfortable with that they want to offer the job to as they continue the interview process. But all jobs got talent, man, that are underachieving. That's why it's available because the coaches didn't get anything out of them. Mm. And then you still got, what about the Dallas Cowboys? What if, what, if, what if all of a sudden Jerry wakes up tomorrow and says goodbye to Mike McCarthy? Mm. That'll open up. What if, I don't know Philadelphia – you know, their fan base, I saw that video. Thanks for sending it, Richard. The guy dumping the popcorn on Sirianni, which is a, a, a fence in itself. Yeah. But you got that that got some talent. So there are jobs that are available. It's just to be interesting to see which one hires who and which one would, offers who. Would you, if you're Belichick, would you rather have the Chargers or the Cowboys? If it became open, obviously. If I'm Belichick, Cowboys, who would I? No question. I would probably rather have the Chargers. If, because if, of Jerry? Jerry has a little bit of it, but the, it, it's, it's too big. I don't feel like dealing with Skip Bayless every day. Yep. I don't want to deal I with Skip. That. I don't want to deal. I just don't want to deal with that noise yep. unnecessarily I understand. every single day because 
quite frankly, they're even in terms of talent to me. The difference is one coach, Mike McCarthy, was better than Staley. That, I mean, it's the, it's the truth. I know, and remember, but, we, we, we saved our season. We beat them 20 to 17 out here. That's even. And, and Michael Irvin's up there doing it. You know, he's celebrating. And, and, right? that's, and that's even to me, yeah. Richard. When I look at it, I'm like, well, that's pretty even. Yeah. The X factor was the coaches. I, mean, I, 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 I can, I can see what you, I, I can see where you're going with that. I agree with, 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 with some of that take. It's just, I just, the Chargers players haven't done it, and that's the only thing that I get. You know, coaching has been terrible and all that, but they just haven't done it. You know what I mean? They got well, one of the most talented the rosters look, look, in the league. And to, it just, hey, they've been <laughs> in many playoff games the last two years as the Dallas Cowboys. Well, yeesh, yeesh. I, I know, but Richard, remember what I happened mean, in I, Jacksonville? I, remember the collapse? I mean, yeah. they, they had them. What were they up? Yes, yeah, I do. I do remember that. Or something they like that. They had them. They had them. And what, one, one, thing, one, one thing I don't think you guys are considering, they are in cap hell right now because they have cap hits of 30-plus million for three guys that are not quarterbacks. And so I think Khalil Mack is 30-plus. Yeah. I think Bosa's 30-plus. And I think Keenan Allen's cap hit is 30-plus. And so anytime you're in that situation, they don't have a ton of wiggle room. They don't have a ton of money. I think Mike Williams might be up there. It's, it's a lot of huge cap hits hitting this year. So I don't know if a coach is going to want to go in there because you can't cut a Keenan Allen after the year he just had or you can mm -hmm. or try to restructure or something. But – there's a lot of uh, uh, pieces there that 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 are you know you yeah. got to look at those books yeah. and, and see how that situation plays out. But I just don't I don't know what Belichick's I don't know where he's coaching because what if we go by what we're hearing that he wants to coach a talented underachieving team, but then you interview at Atlanta, that doesn't really compute for me. That's mm -hmm. not an underachieving talented team. But you're not going to say no to the interview, saying, though. <clears throat> yeah. Right, but you, but but if you, if those are your standards, then you you do you do so you got to say no to somebody. Like if you're saying, hey, I'm looking for a talented, underachieving team, and then you interview with the Atlanta Falcons, then then I, then maybe that's not what you said because I understand you're saying every team in the NFL is talented, no question. They're all NFL players. This is a huge. This is the top of the top, cream of the crop. Got it. But they did what you expected that team in their talent level to do. They're, they're seven and ten. That's about what you expected that team with <laughs> yeah. the quarterbacks they got, with the with the offensive talent, with the defensive talent. That's right, right around where you you expect them. Yeah. Now, in terms of what I would think about a talented underachieving team, I'd say Jacksonville. Jacksonville looked like what they were supposed to look like in the first half of the season. Second half of the season, they collapsed. I'd say the the two teams you mentioned, Dallas, is a talented underachieved this year. Got put out in the wild card. They were expected to be a uh, a NFC championship team, Philadelphia yep. just lost in the Super Bowl last year, talented, underachieved this year, lost in the wild card. But and then the Chargers, the Chargers are a really talented team and, and, and didn't make the playoffs. You know, for uh, to have a franchise quarterback who most would consider top five. Yeah, hurt. Though. Uh, Khalil Mack had 17 sacks this season. Uh, uh, you got your franchise left tackle there. You got all these pieces and you don't you don't make the playoffs. That's concerning. Uh, your division wasn't too strong this year. Obviously, dealing with Pat Mahomes is always an issue, but even they had an off year. So uh, I, I, I think he coaches where he has an opportunity next year. I think if Atlanta's the only opportunity he has, then that's where he's going.
Okay, so when I read this last night, talented yet underachieving, I chuckled because the first thing I thought of was, what was the ultimate talented but underachieving team taken over by somebody? Well, it feels like Belichick wants to take a page out of Tom Brady's playbook because I got to tell you, I didn't see that coming. Nobody talked about it here on the show. Tampa Bay is just sitting there. And it's under the radar because Jameis had a horrible year. He threw a bunch of touchdown passes. He threw a whole bunch of interceptions, and he lost a whole bunch of fumbles, obviously. And yet, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin made the Pro Bowl. And you say, well, the Pro Bowl doesn't mean what it used to. But they they did. Yeah, they did well. Pretty good. You know, yeah, they, they, had, they both had really big years. Absolutely. And so, to, to me, it was the all-time under-the-radar genius move by Tom Brady to say, I'll take that. And nobody anticipated, nobody speculated. It, it was a bolt out of the blue, completely out of left field. Oh, Tampa. And then you start looking deeper into it, and you say the last five games that previous year before the pandemic year, so going back to 2019, the last five games, Todd Bowles had that defense playing at a very high level. I think I looked it up, and over the last five, they were a top five defense. Well, the pieces were there, obviously. So, this is the kind of situation that Belichick would love to score with because, to me, he, he's not really chasing Don Shula's all-time wins record. In the end, isn't he chasing Brady, right? Doesn't he need to go somewhere and win a Super Bowl, right? To, to, to satisfy your taste buds, yes. Not, not, not me, just yes. everybody. No. You, you. No. Yes. No, it does not. He doesn't. Yeah. What does he have to prove? Well, Tom went in a pandemic year and proved right out of the box <sighs> he could go win a Super Bowl with a 7-9 and nine team, I, I, right? I, I understand that you want to turn this into Tom versus Bill, Bill versus Tom. No, well, well, it is for everybody. Coaches, not just Bill did coaches, it. Bill turned co- it into that. Coaches look for the best opportunities with the best teams. Bill Parcells, and I, I, I got to go there. Bill Parcells went to a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots and lost to the Green Bay Packers. He did. The next there. year, he was our head coach. Mm-hmm. A year later, we was in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game with the same roster except a couple people. So we were an underachieving, talented football team that underachieved, that need a few pieces to put us in place mm-hmm. to get us to the AFC Championship game, that we was up at halftime in Denver against Denver thinking, oh, gosh, I thought, man, I'm getting ready to go to the Super Bowl and beat Atlanta because Atlanta had just beat Minnesota, and we beat Atlanta earlier in the year. You did. But when you look at it, Skip, you look for the perfect situation that makes sense at this time in your career. Tom Brady was at the end of his career, and so is Belichick. Tom Brady looked at Jameis Winston at the quarterback position. They told Tom, if you come in here and you cut down half the interceptions, we got a defense that can make some noise. Mm-hmm. He cut down more than half the interceptions. He did the normal thing that Tom would do and kicked them over the top. He found the perfect situation for him. Mm-hmm. So Belichick is just looking for the perfect situation. Yeah, I agree. It's, not, it's not a Tom Brady take one out of Tom Brady's page but, book. That's not what it is. But, Go but I think I, 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 I agree with Skip to a degree here because you well, got to Well, you don't like Belichick anyway, man. I, I, I just, I just want to see it. I, I don't dislike Belichick. I dislike people having an aura and you're not having to prove it. You know what I mean? I, I just like people that rest on reputation. Hey, if I sit there and say I'm the best corner in the game and I'm the best corner in the league 
and people were sitting there scoring touchdowns on me, and I'm like, oh, I'm still the best. You know what I mean? That, them touchdowns don't count. You remember what I used to do? Like, then, then I'm really probably not him anymore. And so when, when you sit there and talk about Bill Belichick, the reason why I feel that way is the same way Robert Kraft decided to part ways with him. Because correct. you convinced everybody that Tom was done and you were the answer. He did. And Tom com- showed everybody that you weren't See, and I, that he I, I, was. I'm, never gonna, so I'm not going to believe check, that for one bit that he convinced Mr. Kraft well, that Tom I, was done. Well, that's I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to believe that ESPN story I'm not just, over the weekend. That's I'm all I'm saying. I'm not going to Going off what they, they – I understand. Okay, well, you don't got to believe it. That's what they write and that's what they read. Okay, that's what I'm going off of, what they wrote. They could have been a totally lying, bold-faced lie. But what I'm saying is in order for him to continue to coach – Yes. And if he continues to have under 500 records and doesn't have success, yep. that conversation is not only going to happen, it's going to get louder. Yep. And so he can go and, and ride off into the sunset and, and the conversation will be whispers. It'll be mumbles. It'll be this. But if he continues to coach three, four, five more years and doesn't reach the playoffs, doesn't even sniff an AFC championship, NFC championship, a Super Bowl, that conversation is going to be much louder than if he rode off into the sunset right now. And I, and I agree. I agree with you. I agree with Skip to a degree. And here's what I mean by that. As I said before, if you don't have a damn quarterback, you're not going to win. If you don't, you're not going to win. He did not have a quarterback in New England. So now it's time to find a quarterback. I understand shopping for the groceries, all that. Y'all going to say that. Oh, he shopped for the groceries. He's the one pick Mac Jones. He did. Okay. He understands that. That's why he's willing to work with somebody to do those things for him so he can just coach football. If you say to me, Belichick, the general manager, failed. I say, yeah, he, he failed mm. toward the end of his tenure in New England as that. Mm. But you can't sit here and tell me the man don't know how to coach football, man. He didn't just forget how to coach I'm not football. Gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm not ever going to say that. He's, he's, again, as Skip always says, one of the best defensive minds in the history of football. Maybe the, Created some of the greatest yeah. defensive plans yeah. in the history of Super Bowls. I mean, people still use his plans to combat McVay and Shanahan's West Coast offense with their overouts and cutting it with the safeties and flying the corners up the field. And so I give him all the credit in the world for that. But I'm just saying... At some point, you gotta keep showing it. You know, if you're gonna keep coaching, we're not. The world can't just keep giving you credit for things you aren't doing anymore, things you did. So if he if goes, you're not so, doing so, it currently. So if he goes, Richard, to the Chargers, and Justin Herbert's healthy because he got hurt toward the yes, end sir. of the year. If he goes to the Chargers and mm-hmm. the Chargers make noise, let's just just say they go to the AFC Championship game. Is it? There we go. Is that? Does that satisfy you? Because he has a quarterback. Yes. Okay, uh, so if he goes uh, uh, to Atlanta. That satisfies everything. And if he goes to Atlanta and he doesn't have a quarterback and they steal 7-10, what are we going to say? What are we going to say? Oh, gonna, he can't the, coach. The, those conversations are going to – they're going to get louder. I mean, it's not that louder. he can't coach. It's just, yep. that, that it, it's just that he wasn't more special than Arthur Smith. So he didn't do more. Like right now, Bill Belichick is saying the reason why I want to take a talented, underachieving team, because I feel like I have the secret sauce. I yeah. have the magic. Yeah. I'm bringing Absolutely. something that they don't have. That is now, right. If the team is exactly the same record when he gets there and he coaches them as they were before he got there, then, then again, you got, then you got, that then you got me. Mm-hmm. You got me if, if, if he goes to a team, Skip, and it's the same. If he goes to the Dallas Cowboys and they're less than what Mike McCarthy yeah. is doing, 
You got me. Okay. Because they got a quarterback. All right. Last quick reminder to you. Without Tom Brady for the last four years in New England, but listen to me. I'm listening. I'm he, not saying He coached that. one playoff game, and it didn't have everything to do with no quarterback because they had no defense that day. They went to Buffalo, and they gave up 47 and never made them punt. Well, Buffalo. Never bu- made them punt. Buffalo, okay. was, Buffalo would have beaten them earlier in the year. Okay. If they didn't run the football for however, what was it, like 400 yards yeah. or, or something like yeah. that? Didn't they Mac were, Jones throw it like three times yeah, or something? They would have beat, they, yeah, Buffalo okay. would have beat them in. They, didn't, right. they were not very good. Okay. Up next, we got to talk about that game that is about to happen out in San Francisco. I can't wait for this one. Nick Bosa says nobody has really made Jordan Love uncomfortable. Will the Niners? Here's what the 49ers Nick Bosa said about the Packers' Jordan Love. I don't think many teams have made him uncomfortable yet. So stopping the run, covering up those easy open guys is something we have to do. Richard Sherman, you obviously were a teammate of Bosa's. Can you translate this quote for us? Was was Bosa sending a message here or just stating the obvious? I'm stating the obvious. Nicholas John Bosa doesn't really, uh, he don't play mind game. Yeah. <clears throat> he doesn't really try to trash talk his opponents. I mean, even some of the mic'd up segments you hear, he sounds like a kid out there. Um so I, this isn't any of that. It's him saying obvious. The Dallas Cowboys didn't, didn't show the Green Bay Packers what playoff urgency was. Green Bay Packers showed out the Dallas Cowboys what playoff urgency was. And, and the mindset you got to have going out there play after play, the windows are supposed to be tighter. Skip, they're supposed to be tight. It's supposed to happen fast. Decision-making is supposed to have to be on point. Yep. You're not supposed to have play after play of guys running wide open. Yep. And, but they don't deal with this offense very often. They don't deal with the West Coast offense. They don't deal with the tight end sneaking through very often. They don't deal with the plays that, that Matt LaFleur drew up very often. The San Francisco 49ers deal with it all the time. It's like, it's like ha- dealing with elementary school math and then – all of a sudden, you get in the playoffs and you're dealing with college trigonometry. Yep. And it's like, whoa, what is all this? What is all this? Well, the, the, the San Francisco 49ers deal with this year in and year out. Their defense deals with Kyle Shanahan day in and day out. Kyle Shanahan has been with Matt LaFleur, has coached with him. He, they, they went to the same school of hard knocks. He was literally on his staff underneath Kyle Shanahan. So he knows what he's trying to do. So he's going to communicate with Steve Wilkes as he communicated with D'Amico Ryan last year, as he communicates with all his defensive coordinators, what he should be looking for, the keys, the tails in this offense, the reasons they will be able to stop it. And I'm sure Matt LaFleur on the other side is doing that for his, his defense. The difference is Nicholas John Bosa, Eric Armstead, Chase Young, uh, Ooh, All Chase pro, Young. Fred Warner. He's still there. Uh, I, I mean, you, you forget about you, you forget about that. Uh, Charvarius Ward, who had Pro Bowl All Pro season. The Amador Lenore, uh, Tayshawn Gibson on the other side, and we haven't even got to Christian McCaffrey in the offense. So those are the reasons why this team will feel confident. Nicholas John Bosa feels the windows will be closed because they won't just let over routes run butt naked. 
uh, all day and all night. They won't just let uh, Jordan Love sit in the pocket back there and, and, and bake up a pie as he did against the Dallas Cowboys. They will bring pressure, and they will bring it with four players. Okay, real quick. Richard, so will they make Jordan Love uncomfortable? No question they'll make him uncomfortable. Okay. They've made everybody uncomfortable all year. They will make him uncomfortable. Javon well, I ain't Hardbrake make Lamar make Jackson uncomfortable. uncomfortable. I ain't going to let you get away with that one. No. He ain't make Lamar Jackson uncomfortable. Uh, That's a whole other conversation. Well, well, I don't think Joe Burrow was real uncomfortable that day. Not real uncomfortable, right? <laughs> I, hey, I, look, hear, I hear what I'm you're saying. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm just saying, you, Richard. You, don't you say everybody. Put, Skip says, y'all want to put – Y'all want to put some dinners on it? <laughs> no, well, maybe. I, I, I'm just saying I came at you because you said everybody. And I'm just letting you know they did not make Lamar Jackson uncomfortable. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, this is a different quarterback. That's, that's a fair assessment. And, and Joe Burrow, I, I, watched, I watched Lamar Jackson lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, we're not talking I mean, about who, the who Pittsburgh Steelers. At, we're not talking I, I'm about just saying, when we're talking about one-offs, <laughs> we when just... we're talking about one-offs, I watched them lose to the Pittsburgh what? Steelers and throw no Why touchdown passes I in the game. Why did I mention anything so... negative about a team he played for? I got to be... Careful. I gotta be stupid to yeah, do that because he gonna as soon as I, I, I say Tampa Bay, some forty dollars, he gonna go crazy. Calm down, little fella, I got you. But here's what I would say about making him uncomfortable. So far. Teams have not been able to make him uncomfortable, okay? He's back there as cool as the other side of the pillow, mm -hmm. okay? He's just back there playing football. And the more and more he plays and he gets comfortable in these situations, you can blitz him, you can do all the different things. We saw the Dallas Cowboys put pressure on him and almost get there. But he was able to throw off his back foot Aaron Rodgers-like and deliver the football in sync. Now, do I think they're going to go up there and beat the San Francisco 49ers? No, I do not. No, I do not. But do I think that this young man has the potential to have an excellent game? Well, we'll be sitting back and going, man, they got to pay him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I do. I respect the, the hell out of the San Francisco 49ers and what Kyle Shanahan's been able to do up there and what Steve Wilkes coming down from the box to the sideline has changed the life of that defense tremendously. But these kids that are coming into San Francisco, they don't know any better. They just don't. We just saw what they did against an underachieving Dallas Cowboy team. So if the 49ers think for whatever yeah. reason that they so uh, head above everything that the Green Bay Packers uh, have at, at their disposal, they may want to just be cautious in these situations. Because yeah, we, but I, let's let's let's. Go ahead. Let's not act like this team didn't just lose to the Giants in I'm December. Not, I'm not, like, I'm let's, not, just, no, let's not, I'm let's not, not act like this is a world-beating team. I'm not, that, that's not what I'm saying. This Richard, a, you're, you're smart and you're educated, summa culati, if I said that right. You, you, are, you know everything. So I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is they can be very dangerous because they don't know any better. Just like we thought Cleveland no would go into Houston and wreck them, but that's a whole that turned into something different because they don't know any better. We all thought the Dallas would smack over <laughs> Green Bay. Did. I'm still shaking my head at that. But when you don't know any better and you out there just playing free in football, and Bosa's right, you got large gaping holes in running game. You got receivers running open. They so open, they don't. They think they done something wrong. They waiting on the football to come. It may not happen with the 49ers, but he's not going to be rattled. You're not getting a guy that's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. 
because he's played enough football now to know what he's up against. And you are right. The West Coast offenses are littered up and down the West Coast, in Seattle, in San Francisco on a daily basis, right? In, in Los Angeles with the Rams. So they see it all the time. And they've seen Green Bay a couple times in the regular season as well as in the postseason when they had Aaron Rodgers and they wrecked shop on them and went ahead and went on to the Super Bowl. So I understand everything that you're saying. I'm just saying don't just think because they got a good roster of players that they just getting ready to go 50 nothing mm. on them. Mm. No, I'm not, I'm not expecting that at all. I'm just saying what, what Nick Bosa is saying is this isn't, this isn't the, 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 the Browns who haven't won a playoff game or been to an NFC championship in however long. And this isn't the Dallas Cowboys, who we deal with every week on this show, haven't done anything in 30 years. This is the San Francisco 49ers, who three out of the last four years have been in the NFC championship game, or and they one of those years that they were in the Super Bowl. And so they understand what it takes to win in the playoffs. They These guys that are, have been on this team have been in NFC championship games. They have played in them. They know what it takes. They know the intensity. They know the sense of urgency you have to have. So that's the area that he's speaking from. Nick Bosa has played in three NFC championships, if I'm not mistaken, um, in his career. And, and he's been in the league, what, four or five years? So yeah. he understands that, hey, this kid hasn't been in this situation. He hasn't played against guys like us. We're not those guys. We're not Dallas okay. who, who, who yeah. can be front runners at times. We're no guys doubt. that play in these playoffs, and we, we win in these playoffs. That well, it's front true. runners it's at just times. True. So, Richard, we talked about Jordan Love yesterday on the show, and you were saying you, you guys got to pump your brakes, got to slow that roll, quit overreacting, and there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. But – I keep looking harder and harder at what Jordan Love has done the last nine games, not three or four, nine games, 22 touchdowns to one interception. That's legit. That's credible to me. That's a body of work Absolutely that's starting to take is. shape right before our very eyes. Mm -hmm. And I keep harking back to, and you're right about what happened against the Giants, but I hark back to Thanksgiving Day. I left the show. I went home. We were having sort of early Thanksgiving. I'm trying to keep the game on. I'm checking it. I'm, I'm glancing sideways. We all picked Detroit. Obviously, they're at home. It's traditional Thanksgiving in Detroit. They're eight and a half point favorites. And I look up and it's 23 to six Green Bay at halftime. Something is going on here. He's becoming a force to be reckoned with. And don't underestimate He's got a partner in crime right now because I used to say for years on this show that Aaron Jones could be at least as valuable as Aaron Rodgers. And all of a sudden, he's healthy. And for the last four games, he's got 529 rushing yards. That's 132 a game for four games, not one game or two, four games. So something is happening here to the point that it's possible that even San Francisco – knowing what they know about the West Coast, that they're underestimating Jordan Love and, and Aaron Jones slightly, just slightly like, oh, we got this because we're the 49ers so, and the Cowboys so, aren't. So I, I, would, I would agree with you if I had not lived it and played it. Skip. You did. You were we there. We played Aaron Rodgers you on did. an MVP season. Mm -hmm. MVP season. MVP season, he came to camp. I mean, he came to Levi. MVP. Of the league. Oh, you destroyed him. We sent him out. Blew him out. Yo, Blew him out. They ran him out. They ran him out the stadium. 
and, yeah. and on a this Green Bay team has given up 200 yeah. yards rushing to four teams this year. So you think Christian McCaffrey, this is with no Christian McCaffrey. This is yeah. with Raheem Mostert. That was the best game of his career. Mm -hmm. So I hear what you're saying, but you guys are also not giving credence to pedigree, cre credence okay. to the guys that have been in the playoffs and done this at a high level. These aren't guys that have choked in the playoffs. These are guys that have no. executed at a high level. Quarterback got injured last year in the NFC Championship game in the first drive, and everything falls apart. But they, did. they didn't accidentally stumble in there, and they didn't accidentally stumble into the one they seat this not. year. So you have to understand, these guys aren't this isn't like, oh, man, these guys are worried. These guys these guys don't know what they're getting. Now, I know what to expect from the San Francisco 49ers. Now, that was a nice game from Green Bay and Jordan Love, and they deserve a ton of credit. But in December, they lost to the New York Giants. They did. Who we all talk about. They're not a great team. They lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they and did. Baker mm -hmm. by double digits in Green Bay. Yep. So. We're not sitting here saying this is a situation where they, they don't know what it tastes, feels like to lose. They don't, they, they have just been running through everybody. They're seven, 10 and 0 in the last 10. They're not that team. They played fantastic football, but they have yet to play a team like the San Francisco 49ers. That's why I look forward to seeing this game Saturday. Okay. So speaking of dinner bets, I'll take Green Bay plus the nine and a half points for a dinner. You do that? Nope. Straight up. I only bet straight up, oh. Skip. Straight oh, up. Oh, I'll take a straight up bet for you. Lamar Jackson wins the MVP. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, ooh. You are something ooh, else. That was a you are something else. The, the first quarterback, no, I, you know. the first quarterback since just, 1987 <laughs> to have under 30 total touchdowns. I'm taking Lamar as the MVP, and I want to go to State uh, 48 on you <laughs> next time you're in town. Love steak, please. <laughs> crustaceans, man. Crustaceans. You're a crustacean, man. All right. You just oh, mentioned Baker is. Mayfield. We got to talk about him. Is he getting enough credit for actually successfully following and replacing the GOATs? That's next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Back down. Once again, your turn. Hashtag undisputed live. First tweets from Bartman. Skip your Cowboys year after year. Breaking in and out is officially the new sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, we're in and out. In and out. <laughs> That's what the do, Cowboys are all about. Do, do people outside oh, LA know in and yeah. out? Yeah. They're, they're in Dallas. They're are in they? Texas. Okay, yeah. so they're, I thought it was just an out. They're in the Bay. They're in Arizona. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah they're in Arizona. Right. Okay, good. Oh, y'all lost in Arizona too. Y'all went in and out there too. We went in and out. In and out. Richard, you can't even do divisional and done anymore. You, you got preempted. I know. Too bad. Yeah. Oh, it ruined it for me, Skip. Yeah. Okay, this is from Mr. Barry. Skip getting Skip getting ready for next year's Cowboys Super Bowl hopes all over again. This is our year. This is our year. But next year the Super Bowl yep, is in I New Orleans where Fox will have the Super Bowl. And know. you'll be working but not watching <laughs> the Cowboys, it sounds like. All right. You guys are killing they'll me. They'll be they'll be in, I the, deserve in the stands. It. I deserve it. And finally, from Don Hardy, Doritos, nacho year again. <laughs> nacho year again. It's not. It's, it's never our year. That's the big bag, too. That's not the small bag. You like that? Yeah. Are you capable right. of going right. through a whole big bag? No, I don't eat Doritos. You man. don't? Man. No? All right. I used to. Yeah, I did yeah. before, but I don't. Yeah. Yep. All right. The blue bag is usually Cool Ranch, but I take nacho this year. <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> Okay, back to business. 
So think about this. Last year, Tom Brady threw 25 touchdown passes to nine interceptions. This year, Baker Mayfield threw 28 touchdown passes, three more, but also threw one more interception, 10. So it was 25 to nine last year for Tom to 28 to 10 for Baker this year. Baker's better than Tom. A little bit. Okay, in a home playoff loss to the Cowboys a year ago, Tom had a QBR, a scale of 0 to 100, of 25. Did not play very well, obviously. What a bum. Okay, in Monday night's home playoff <laughs> win over the Eagles, Baker had a QBR of 43. Not, Hall of Famer. Not, not great, but 18 points higher than Tom had in that playoff loss. So, the obvious question nobody seems to be asking is... Is Baker Mayfield getting enough credit? Is he getting any credit for successfully following and replacing the greatest player in NFL history? Keyshawn, start us off. Does he deserve the credit, yeah, I guess? Does, does, does he get any credit for it? Yeah, he gets some credit. I mean, he, he, he's played well at times and stretches doing games and things of that nature. But look, man, if you, if you want to prop him up because they're in the divisional round of the playoffs and he is... I don't know if it's a story. You could, you could. I mean, he's done a tremendous job in terms of his ups and downs and not letting himself go or not feeling bad for himself when he's had bad games and people talk about, oh, my God. Because if you remember at the beginning of the season, he started off like, oh, okay, cool. And then he hit a rocky, and it's like, ooh, Baker, I don't know. Had a tough stretch. Had a tough stretch. Then he got a little bit better. And obviously in his past playoff game, it looked like, oh, my God, he's, he made himself some money. He, he will never get the benefit of the doubt. And here's why. Because you remember Carolina Baker. You remember the, the, the Cleveland Browns the issues, it, yeah. the end of it. So they'll never give him credit for the success that he's having. Even if Baker, even if Baker win won the Super Bowl. They're going to say it's Todd Bowles in the defense. No, nah, they're giving him. They, no, 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 no. Nah, they're they going to say, so they gonna say, to they gonna say it's Todd. No, what I'm saying is what people going to say. Because he's so polarizing still, yep. even though he doesn't have the commercials anymore. He's still polarizing to those people that didn't forget his stint in Cleveland and Carolina. And a little bit of, well, he played okay in the miracle game against the, in the Rams when he went to the Rams. It was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. But that's just how people are, man. They already, they already have typecast him in his career, what type of quarterback he is and who he is. Yeah. It's already done, Richard. That's just how society operates. Okay, but don't you always say you want to be I, I, the, the next I, guy following the legend? You know, you don't want to. Yeah, 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 you right? do. You don't want to yeah. be, be that guy. That's yeah. what I'm saying to you. They're going to get a credit to Todd Bowles in the defense because yeah. he's following Tom Brady. He is. I, 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 I would, I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree that he's typecast you, already. And I. The only no, reason I is, say man. that is because Geno, Geno Smith was 10 years in the league and then turned into a Pro Bowl quarterback. And people and people went with it. You know what I mean? He turned his career around in Seattle 10 years later. Richard. After he had been a backup. Yes, he had Richard, been you, in a, you, a lot of situations. Yeah, yes. And he wasn't the number one pick. Yes, And so I'm, I'm with you. You can be typecast. But, but I think what? if he wins the Super Bowl, Skip, as a former number one pick, it, it, it's, it, it hits a little different. Guess what they're saying about Geno right now in Seattle? Can we find another quarterback? That's what they're saying. And you live there. They ain't sitting there going, man, Gino, let's give him another extension. They're sitting there going, well, he had one good year. Okay, we gave him an extension. Now we need to get a real quarterback. But 
I, but Gino didn't win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. You you were saying if, if Baker wins one, I don't I don't know. No, but what, what I'm I want to say is what I'm saying is if he wins the Super Bowl, Richard, I'm not saying that he won't get some credit. He won't get the credit that is due to him because they will pass it to Todd Bowles in the defense. That's what they. That's just that's just how these. That's how they do things, man. They already got him pegged as something that's, that he's probably that's how not. They do. But that's how they do people who aren't a former number one pick. They don't do former number they one picks like that. Number former one number one, there's only been a couple former number one picks to, to win a Super Bowl. I think Peyton and... Peyton Eli. Peyton the only one? No, Peyton, Peyton Eli. Eli. Yeah. Peyton and Eli. Peyton Eli. Uh, and that might be John, it. John Elway. Yeah. I mean, I got to think in my brain. Troy Elway, Aikman. Okay. Yeah, there's a good I mean, I, got, I can keep going on and, and so, on. I just so, got to think. Right. But, 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 you, get, but you would say... If you looked at Eli's regular season stats for his entire career, you would say they typecast him, and then him going on playoff runs and winning Super Bowl MVPs he was never, is what sent him over the top. It wasn't given. But what, he was never. He, he was never what he. He was never oh, but, put in the same what, what, box. Sorry. He was never put in the same box as Baker Mayfield, though, Skip. He was who, never put. Who, Eli, Eli what, was never what, put in that what, box. He led Eli the league in interceptions. No, but he times. wasn't ever put in the box of. No. He's, no. his, what team did he only play for in his entire damn career? The New York Giants. That was it. Baker Mayfield right, been in the league six years. Baker Mayfield been in the league six years. He done been on four teams. Come on, man. Yeah. Well, that's, let me just make saying. this point. He wasn't be, he wasn't brought in to replace Tom Brady. So that that's that's why he's not getting credit for it because he wasn't brought in for that. He wasn't like Mac Jones was brought in to replace Tom Brady in New England. Uh, Jordan Love was brought in to yeah, replace Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah. It, Baker was brought in to be a bridge, so that's probably that why he's true. not getting the love. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. To me, it was almost like nonsensical. It was like silly. You can't compare Baker Mayfield to Tom Brady, so nobody expected him to replace Tom Brady, or nobody ever put it in the context of even he's following Tom Brady because he's not qualified to follow anybody. He's Baker Mayfield. I remain a fan. I liked him before that draft, not just because he played at Oklahoma. I just thought he was better than Sam Darnold. And I still think he's proven to be better than your USC quarterback, yeah, Sam Darnold. You yeah, he's better. Fake shots you take. No, that's a good shot. That's a right across your bow. Sam shot. could do the same thing if he was in Tampa. No, wrong, false. <laughs> but the point is that Baker had some great stretches in Cleveland, yeah. but it ended horribly. Yeah, it it ended was bad. miserable. Yeah. And then he got off to a pretty good start in Carolina, and then it just went all to hell. And, and it was pathetic and hard to watch. And then he's like on borrowed time, and he's, he's having a battle for the job in Tampa in the preseason. And somehow it was Kyle Trask and him back and forth, back and forth. And Baker barely wins the job over Kyle Trask. And look at him now. He's in the divisional round. So the point is, I do think there was some pressure to live up to Tom Brady. And I do think Baker has a toughness to him. He's got a, a physical toughness, but I think he does have some mental toughness because he's been through the wars, man. He's been through a lot of crap. In I, his, I told his you, life. I told you from day one. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. OK, I helped him prepare pre-draft. You did for some of his draft stuff and the questions and things of that nature. I like him. I'm just telling you how. People, yep. they, they, it's just, that's how people think, man. They ain't going to never give a dude credit that deserves it because of how he started, right? Mm -hmm. That's just how I see it. Yeah, okay. But he did I mean, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching people not give credit to a dude who deserves it in Brock Purdy right now, and he started as good as you can start. But that's yeah, a story for a different day. I think if he yeah. takes this, 
I think if he takes this team to the NFC Championship, which is very realistic possibility right now, they're one game away, they yeah. find a way to beat Detroit. There, he's made, first off, he's making himself a ton of money because he's on a, four, a yeah. one year prove it deal. Yeah. They're going to have to sign him for thirty five, at least Daniel Jones money. Yeah, for sure. And 100%. then I mean, it's a it, it, it's a it's a win 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 for for Baker at this point. Yeah, yeah. Sam Darnold. I'm not Sam Darnold. Uh, Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. also won the Super Bowl as a number one overall pick. pick. He did. That's yeah. another good one. Uh, Sam Darnold. He got me over here thinking about Sam Darnold. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Up next, Young Money joins us, and I feel for Yella Beezy. I don't even know, know why Yella coming on the show. Yeah, I don't even know why he's coming on the show. Ooh. Me neither. I don't even know why. No just stay on home. No It is time once again for Young Money, featuring two Lil Wayne protégés, buddies of mine, Yella Beezy from Dallas, Alan Cubis from Wayne's hometown in New Orleans. So, Yella, all season we've trash-talked Alan about his Saints, who didn't even make the playoffs, but now you and I are on the hottest of hot seats. Yella, what in the name of Tom Landry happened to our Dallas Cowboys on Sunday? Well, I told you, Skip, today Yellow is called in sick. This is Cousin Blue that's kind of oh, fitting me in. But, uh, <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, it's, it's Blue in. But um, yeah. we couldn't stop a nosebleed. No. It was horrible coaching. I don't even understand it. Like, we getting the ball ran down our throat, and we still playing the nickel and dime. It's third down and nine, and they have Michael dropping back his own cover. They did. I told y'all the last couple of times we've been stopping the run is when Michael's playing linebacker. We can play sideline to sideline. They, they still didn't put him at defense in. It we just got our coach. It, even like the mistakes that Dak made, that was kind of made early, early on. So we had a chance to get back, but we couldn't stop anything on the defense. Mm-hmm. It was bad coaching, and the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. That was it. Just simple. We got to outplay it on the defense, and we couldn't stop it. It was just simple. I mean, it, it's nothing else. That we we it's, it's vivid. Like we all saw what was going on. We got our coach. It was bad coaching. I'm trying to see why we still got eight DBs back there when they were running the ball. Like, make that make sense. So, Yellow, should Mike McCarthy be gone? Man, I mean, in a sense, in a sense, if, if only I can say yes is if y'all bring someone that's going to replace him, like uh, a Bill Belichick or uh, some of that nature. Like, if we just going to replace somebody with, with a, a local John, then I don't, I don't feel like the, the need for it. But for sure, we got to do something better with the coaching, and like, and, and we can't just blame Mike McCarthy. We got to blame Dan Quinn on that. We what do. are the What are the locals in Dallas saying? Because you you on the ground, what are they saying? Like, what are people saying on the airways um, in Dallas? They're basically saying everything I said. It's like it was simple. It's nothing that you really can hide with that. Everybody's saying the same thing, but then you know, some people want to try to peek at Dak with it. But like I say, you can't completely blame Dak with that because, like I say, a lot of that stuff was going earlier. Even if let's just say, let's just say we did Dak straighten up all the way, he went crazy. The defense still wasn't holding nobody. Defense still wasn't holding nobody back. You know, it, it, it's like it'd be crazy. We scored the next goal. We'll, we'll never catch it. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's saying the same thing, but everybody see it was coaching too. A lot of people saying the coaching was just horrible. All right, so Alan, take your shot. Yeah, I think they was out coached, out played. You know, like I said, uh, the seven seed came in there with nothing to lose. They were fearless, and and it showed. I also think that um, just the pressure backsides get tight. You know, uh, Jerry Jones not endorsing a coach that went. 
12 and five or three consecutive seasons. I think it had them overthinking things. I think they were trying to outsmart themselves. You know, you play man the whole year and you get to the playoffs and go zone. And even then dudes was wide open, but I got some good news for you. Yellow. Fortunately, I believe that help is on the way. You know, I think that, um, I think as, as Skip said earlier, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So I think it's, it, he's to that point in his life where I think that he is going to be willing to concede the power and give full autonomy to a guy like Belichick. You know, I think that whoever's running that locker room and in the trenches with these guys has to have, has to be empowered, you know, and I think that um, Belichick needs them as much as they need him. You know, I think that it's a time in his life where and you just imagine if he can win with Dak, if he can win the Super Bowl with the Cowboys in this organization, you talk about legacy enhancing, you know, um, and as much as we respect and revere the great Bill Belichick at the end of the day, you know, it, they're, they're still going to be detractors like like Skip himself. That's always going to say it was more Tom Brady than Belichick. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good situation for him if he can find a way to um, to get these guys back on track. It, it, he has a lot to gain from it. And at the end of the day, as much as it's about winning, we know the Cowboys are about making headlines. There's nobody better at doing it than Jerry Jones. He understands it's a business. He understands the marketing side. And I don't know if there's a bigger splash than, than Bill Belichick. And he also, you need something to reinvigorate this fan base to get everybody back on board, get everybody talking. It's what the Cowboys do. So I, I feel like they'll probably get Belichick in a typical Cowboy fashion, make some big noise, make all the headlines, and inevitably succumb to the same fate that we used to. So, Yella, do you think Jerry Jones would give it all up to Bill Belichick and let him run the show? I think after a loss like this, he's finally ready to relinquish that um that ego trip and that high he'd been on ever since winning with Barry Switzer. I think that's one of the best things and worst things that could have happened ever since that in his mind, he believes that he can do it all. He believes he can be the GM. And let let me say something for Jerry on Jerry's behalf. Jerry's done a good job. I mean, this roster is a good team. You look at it offensively, defensively, Dak's been a top five, top 10 quarterback. Some argue that Michael Parsons is the best defensive player. Certainly one of the most versatile players, CD lamb, top five wide receiver. They have talent on the team. I just think he needs to relinquish full autonomy and empower a guy, a guy like Belichick that's going to come in there and, um, and call a shot. You know, when, when he had a guy like Jimmy Johnson cut from that elk, you know, they had success. I think that after a loss in such dominant fashion, such embarrassing fashion, I think that's something that'll wake him up and, and, and be willing to relinquish some of that power. And like I said, I don't think that Belichick's trying to go go to Atlanta or Carolina. Trust me, I, I'm, a, I'm an NFC South fan. I'm a Saints fan. I've seen those teams two times this year. I don't think he wants to go over there and run the risk of fading off into obscurity after three or four sub-500 seasons. And then, I mean, what does that do for his legacy? Yo, what do you think? I, I feel like if he want to see one and, you know, he feel like his time is ticking, I, I would feel like he should just take the back seat on certain things. You know, you got you can't, you can't just disrupt them. That's one thing about Jimmy, like, and that's why they bumped his because you couldn't really tell Jimmy anything. You got to have one of those type of coaches that come in and not scared to say nothing and be like, hey, man, we need to make this change. Like, until that, I don't feel like it's going to – I feel like it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same cycle every year. We keep talking about the same thing. Jim, uh, uh, Jerry needs to step back. Jerry needs to do this. Jerry needs to do that. It, like, he just got to take the, the owner and the GM tag off and let the coach do his thing. That's what we best will have to Jerry do. Jerry built a good team. want to see it within his time. All right, we, we got to go. Let, let me see your yeah. eyes, though, yeah, man. Let me see, see your eyes, yo. I need to see your eyes. I need to see your eyes, man. All that crying. I need to see your eyes. Man. They still swollen. That was three days ago. They still swollen. Yeah. That's sad. Man. All right. Way to go, guys. We'll see you next week. Up next, who is most to blame for that historic Kings collapse last night at Phoenix? Yeah. Or the Dallas collapse.
Last night in Phoenix, the Sacramento Kings were up 22 with eight minutes left, 17 with five minutes left, and they gave up a 23-4 run to close the game, and they lost by two. Keyshawn, who was most to blame for that Kings collapse? The Kings. Less than, <clears throat> less than a point a minute. They scored five points in the last six minutes of a game. You can't do that. Although KD hit 15 of his 27 in the he fourth did. quarter. I mean, he was Kevin Durant, but... It's the Kings. It's, it's them. That's who you blame. Mm. Richard. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You can't, you can't collapse offensively down the stretch. Um, their coach talked about it. They missed some shots at the rim. They just didn't get it done. They didn't execute lack of execution. You're going to lose games like that, but you got to give credit to the Suns. They played our defense. They did execute. They deserve to win again. Yeah, you do. Look, I love watching these Kings, but that was a bad sign last night because they turned it over eight times in the fourth quarter, but they turned it over five times in that 23 to four run. Well, if you just keep handing them the basketball, yeah, you're going to you're going to lose that game. Turnover. That's it for Undisputed. We are back tomorrow at 930 Eastern. And I can't wait. Lamar MVP.